Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back, friends, to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Dickerson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce you to Beth Underhill. Beth, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Good, good. Well, I'm thrilled to have you on the show and to dig into your story. I know you've seen a ton of success and want to share that with our listeners. I know they're going to be very inspired by your story. And so start by telling us a little bit about um, uh, how you got into the real estate space in the first place. Sure. Um, So, you know, real estate has been in and out of our life. And when I say our life, my husband and I, um, almost since inception when we uh, got married. So we started 21 years ago, an outdoor design build uh, landscaping company. So we build outdoor living spaces um, in the construction space. And of course, those are super hot right now, especially in uh, the Cincinnati market, which is where I'm from. But we, you know, searched obviously for uh, real estate at the time to house our business. Um, so we, when we started to grow, we realized that we needed more space, and we ended up with another property um, that had more land to it uh, than our first one, and actually had more warehouse space. So we started renting it out. So we were somewhat familiar with, okay, we can leverage you know, this piece of property and have it pay for itself. Um, And during that time, which was about the first six years into our business, I actually had um, studied to become a realtor and we had considered purchasing a franchise and it was one of the original franchises. It's it's called that or was called, I should say, help you sell. And it's one of those original franchises that you know, was designed to help the seller minimize the costs and, and, you know, you pay a fee and uh, be able to be on the MLS and so forth. But we ended up not doing that. And uh, I feel like I've seen their billboards or, or like heard them on the radio. Similar. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing now, but nonetheless, we were pretty happy that we didn't Mm -hmm. Um, buy Mm -hmm. into that because it was right before the crash Uh, in 2008. So, uh, so needless to say, yes, dodged a bullet there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, you know, fast forward to about, uh, four years ago and my husband said, Hey, you know, I watched this infomercial 
And there's something local happening. Um, and it's a one day wonder type event. And, I, you know, it's all about flipping houses. And he, he said, I, I signed us up for it. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, <laughs> here we go. What are we getting ourselves into? Yep. So we went to the one day wonder. And of course, you know, for $9.99, uh -huh. you can go oh, to yeah. the next round, which was three days. So we ended up doing that. And then of mm -hmm. course there was the follow-up, which was out in California. Um, and you pay a lump sum for coaching and um, the whole nine yards. So we bought into it and we came home and this was in November of 2018. Uh, and we immediately dove right in and started flipping houses. Now, my husband doesn't like that we call it flipping houses. He says we renovate houses. And <laughs> reason being is our price point has always been higher than like what you typically might be purchasing and turning over. Um, we've done over the last uh, three and a half years, uh, over $4 million of um, flipped homes. Um, and we wow. have about a million dollars on the books coming up for mm -hmm. 2022. Uh, so we, we've enjoyed a tremendous amount of uh, success with them. Our end product um, has been really highly complimented by so many people, the, the realtors on, on the buy side and so forth. Um, and even any of the inspectors that walk through the property, they're like, this is not your typical flip property. And, and we, we agree, of course. Um, but nonetheless, we know how the labor shortage is, and we know how contractors can be. So needless to say, over the course of the, this three and a half, you know, going into four years, we've had our share of issues with contractors. And even though we are contractors ourselves, we thought, hey, everybody operates like we do, right? No, that's not the case at all. Um, so, you know, we, we show up to a job, we stay on a job until it's complete. And of course, we have mother nature to contend with, which is a lot different mm -hmm. than contractors who can actually work inside. Right. So it, it was a bit of a, um, a learning curve for us, needless to say. And we thought to ourselves, you know what, we're going to take on select projects. We're not going to overwhelm ourselves. And we are going to be the general contractors. We're not going to general contract this out to someone else. Um, and we, we've been able to actually, um, you know, hone in on, okay, here's our business model for that. Um, and so how can we leverage this and, and, and make it, you know, more profitable for us? So I think we're there with it, but in the meantime, um, you know, it, it, that particular business model wasn't quite getting us the passive income that we were looking for. So over the summer, I, again, attended a one-day wonder, and <laughs> which led to another three-day event. And I learned all about multifamily syndication. So hmm. as soon as I my eyes were opened up to syndications, I thought to myself, wow, this is really where I want to be. And this takes the best of both worlds. You know, it, it allows me to still be creative from the renovating standpoint. Um, well, at the same time, it's actually giving us that passive income that we're looking for. Um, so that is really where six months ago, I just, I dove in and I said, okay, I'm all in, let's start doing this. We're going to continue with our, our current construction business. We're also going to continue to flip, but be selective about it. And then I dove into the multifamily space and that's where I am today, working hard um, on trying to close some deals and, and just make it happen. So 
You know, as you're talking, it reminds me of something that Steve Jobs said at um, the Stanford commencement speech that he gave. Um, And he said that um, it's hard to connect the dots looking forward. But when you look back, you see that the dots were there for you all along. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think of when I hear your story. It's like, okay, so you started the outdoor living business and um, got you know, got familiar with what that takes. And then you said, okay, what's the next step? Okay. The next step is we're going to flip houses. Okay. So you take your experience as a contractor and now you're doing not just the outdoor space, you're doing the whole house. You're getting used to that and what that process is like. You figure that out. You've, you've done that for several years now, and now you're on to the next thing. And at each, at each turn, you're building and scaling um, and you're getting closer to that truly passive income um, while building all these businesses. It's mm-hmm. a really, really cool story. Um, and so tell me now that you've, you've, you've gone through the one day wonder <laughs> cycle a few times now, mm-hmm. um, I always find it fascinating because so many people go to those events and um, they leave and they do nothing. Right. They, um, maybe they, they even, sometimes they even buy in mm-hmm. and they buy the full coaching program and then still nothing, nothing comes of it. Um, but clearly you guys are two for two. Um, right. and I know you've gone to a lot of other events too, and you, you take action. And so tell us a little bit about that. Cause I know that's a big part of your success. Well, I'll tell you what, what, what is interesting when you say that, I, I go back to the um, flipping event that we went to, uh, the one out in California, 350 people in the room. And, you know, everyone is talking to each other and you think, oh gosh, you know, people are going to take action for sure. I, I, I just felt it. I thought, you know, I, through conversations and so forth. And then you start following up with some of the individuals who had said, yeah, you know, call me, let's connect, you know, maybe we can do a deal together and so forth. And you find this paralysis that comes along with, you know, it's fear. I mean, bottom line, it's, it's the fear of failure. What if I fail? What if I lose money? Well, if I could tell you how much money we have lost over the course of 21 years <laughs> through either, you know, initial, uh, you know, all the, the lessons that we've learned with our business that's, you know, put the roof over our head and food on the table or other businesses that we've started and stopped. And, you know, just even from the contractors and the flipping business, it, it happens. It's just part of life and you have to learn to bounce back. And I think that is the biggest thing is my husband and I are not immune to this. We, we know what it feels like. So we think to ourselves, you know what, if we don't get a try, we're, we're never going to know whether or not we can succeed. And too oftentimes I, I just see this, you know, analysis by paralysis, you know, oh, I have to know everything. I have to go through all of the content. And, you know, at one point in time, my husband and I, we were involved in a direct sales company and it, it was so funny because a couple of weekends ago, I was at Rod Cleef's event and there was someone up on stage who mentioned, get involved with a direct sales company. So you know how to start talking to people. And I, I chuckled to myself because I thought, you know what? He's absolutely right. It's one of the best ways that you can actually start to just learn and understand, you know, how to connect with people. 
Um, but that being said, you know, with the direct sales, you know, we learned so much. And one of the things that was a key takeaway, and I will never forget it, massive act- action solves all problems. And that was something that was ingrained in our head. And I thought to myself, well, if I don't take action, how am I ever going to know if I can, you know, if I'm in a rut with money, dig myself out of it, or how will I ever know if I can be successful? So I always just continually think massive action, massive action. And funny because prior to going to both of uh, the three-day events and, and then the post Um, event that came after that, I just immediately started taking action. I started putting in offers for houses that we could flip. I started sourcing deals for multifamily properties and so forth. And really once you start that, that action, you know, the momentum just, it's, it's like a snowball and it just keeps picking up, picking up, picking up. And it's funny because where I started in the multifamily space is not necessarily where I thought I would be today, you know, and, and just in a short six months. Um, so, so yes, I, I, I've seen it all too often. I've heard it. I have people who will call me up on the phone and, you know, well, Beth, what are you doing? And how did you get over this hump? And part of it is, you know, I act like, Hey, look, I, this is, you know, if this were my last day on earth, you know, I'm just going to go for it. You know, what have, what do I have to lose? I don't want to be looking back in my life and saying, I regret that I didn't do more with, with this, you know, business or that business or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, that momentum that you're talking about, I think it really takes on a life of its own. If you Mm -hmm. take that massive action, you start to build that momentum. It's like you're on a train, things start happening, things start lining up for you. And as long as you put in that work, that effort to get it going, it almost starts to take on this life of its own and starts putting the right things into your path. So I love that you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. So tell us now about these last six months as you've been focused. Focused on multifamily syndication, as many of our listeners are. Tell us a little bit about what the journey has been like. Um, How's it going? Well, you know, interestingly enough, when I went to the three day event, um, you know, they talked about the different roles, you know. Do you like acquisitions? Do you like investor relations, capital raising? Maybe you're a good asset manager, maybe key principal, whatever the case may be. And I thought immediately, oh, sourcing deals. That's that'll be my thing because that was really my role when it came to um, when it came to the flip houses. Uh, but I also knew that my role was generally relations. Like I was the one that was talking to the investor, also talking to the contractor, keeping everything, you know, just, you know, nice and smooth and calm and and seamless and so forth. And uh, so I thought acquisitions for sure, that's what I'm going to do. And I feel like I'm good at, especially since I had a couple of deals coming into it. And then slowly but surely, I started realizing, okay, this whole acquisition thing isn't as easy, um, you know, developing the relationships with brokers and so forth and, and having them take you seriously, uh, you know, especially being new, newer in the business. Um, even though I had a track record with, the flip, with flipping houses, it still wasn't, it doesn't always translate in their head to say, okay, but 
but this is, you know, the, these have a few more zeros, you know, attached to you know, this property than what you're used to. So I get it. So one day I was on the phone with uh, a gentleman just making connections. And he said, you know, one of the easiest ways to actually get into a deal is through capital raising. And I said, oh, Okay. And he said, how do you feel you are on a scale of one to five? And I said, well, having really never done it, I'm going to give myself a three. You know, I wasn't going to give myself a one and say, oh, I'm horrible. Cause I thought I got to give myself a little bit of credit. Um, you know, I, I, I connected an investor or two with some of our flip houses. So I can't really say um, that I'm a one or a two. And he's like, okay, that's not bad. He goes, well, how about this? I'll give you a goal and, uh, and you can come in. And if, if you don't reach that goal, he said, I will make up the difference. And I thought, well, that's a, you know, no lose situation. Right. Um, so I began capital raising and I actually went to one of my investors who had invested in some of our single family flip homes and I presented the deal and he, he, he loved it. He said, well, how do I, you know, how do I get in? And of course, the minimum for uh, the investment was fifty thousand um, to be an accredited investor, of course. And uh, I thought to myself, "Oh, he's going to do fifty thousand. So, and my goal was five hundred thousand. So I'm like, "Okay, I have a sliver, just a <laughs> sliver." But hey, I'll take yep. it. It's something. Mm-hmm. It needs a blank, right? Um, so the next thing I know, uh, I, I log into my portal after I get a notification, and I see that he invested two hundred and fifty thousand. So I what? thought to myself, "Yeah." You're halfway there. I was halfway there, (laughs) right? I was halfway there. And I was so excited that I called up the GP and I said, you're never going to believe this. This is what I got. I'm so excited. He's like, congratulations, you earned, you know, a piece of a share of the GP. And so I was, I was pretty excited about it. Um, But that started me on a path to connect with more investors. And I immediately enlisted the help of uh, someone from a social, someone who is well-versed in social media to help me out with things like LinkedIn and Instagram and so forth. And we started, you know, to just figure out how I could connect with more investors. And I'm still, I'm still working on, you know, that part of it. I, I need to personalize some of it a bit more, but that's come with time. But what I have noticed is that once I got asked the first time, I was also asked then a few more times to do this. And I have been able to bring money to the table, not necessarily for syndications, but for other opportunities. Um, A gentleman reached out to me. He said, hey, you know, I've seen some of your activity on social media, and I'm wondering if you could help me um, source some capital for an RV park. Uh, I thought to myself, all right, well, I'll give it a whirl, see what I can do. Uh, Next thing I know, I had someone else reaching out to me like, hey, I see that you know, you've sourced capital and you also know some things about hotel conversions. Would you be able to help me and my partner out with this particular project? So I started helping them out. Um, so it's, it's been just very interesting. And, and funny thing is I, I actually talked to a, uh, uh, a GP today who closed on a deal on Monday. Um, unfortunately for his particular deal, I was not able to bring any capital to the table, but I had reached out to him via text. And I said, Hey, I just was curious, you know, did you guys end up closing this week? And he called me and, uh, he said, you know, we did close and, you know, we're still short, you know, a couple hundred thousand. So if you know of anybody, please keep us, please keep us in mind. And I said, well, absolutely. And I apologized to him. And I said, well, I'm sorry, I wasn't bringing anything to the table. And he said, you know what, actually, he goes, you had us on more, more phone calls than I 
like ever could have imagined. And he's like, I just want to say you are a great connector. And he's like, I will definitely be reaching out to you for future projects. I would love to work with you again. And I took that as, wow, that that was a huge compliment. And it just showed the power of that momentum and reaching out to people and how far I've come over the, the course of about six months now. Um, and it, it just is one of those things like every day, it's, it's no different than if you went to a nine to five job, you just have to, you know, if it's getting on the computer, if it's getting on phone calls, whatever the case may be, you just have to do it. My husband is like, I've never seen you talk on the phone so much. And I said, I know, I feel like I'm in 10th grade all over again, you know? Um, but so yeah, it's, it's been, um, a roller coaster of a ride, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. It, it's been too oh much my fun. Gosh. Yeah. I love hearing you talk. You never forget that first investor. I still remember that first investor who invested with us and, you know, just those early conversations and just the, the thrill of it, the excitement, the momentum, as you mentioned, of just having this honor and this privilege of being able to share about these types of opportunities with people who otherwise may not come across these types of investments. And I think it's a great way to create um, that win-win for everybody. And it certainly sounds like you've discovered your niche and what you love to do, which is so much a part of how we got started in this business too. You know, I was, as I, I was listening to you telling your story, I'm like nodding my head. I'm like, yep, that happened to me. That mm-hmm. happened to me. I started out same way. I was like, I'm going to do the the sourcing, the acquisitions and quickly um, got into the capital raising side of things and loved that. And I still remember those early conversations that my partner, Julie would do Um, And she would spend sometimes two hours talking to a single investor because every time, you know, back in those early days, we'd have to start from scratch and she'd answer all the same questions each time. And then as we've built up a lot of the, um, you know, the blog posts, the videos, the education, now it's, again, it comes back to that momentum, right? And mm-hmm. now investors, when they come to come to us, they already know a lot of what they need to know. And I feel like you're so much on that path and you've got so much heart and conviction in all that you're doing. Um, and you've already seen so much success in such a short amount of time, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and so Beth, one more question before we wrap up, which is, since you're six months in, tell the listeners, because a lot of them are right at that starting line. Mm-hmm. Maybe they they want to get in. Maybe they've, they've been flipping houses too or wholesaling or something else, and they want to get into this business. Or maybe they've just started out and they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. How do I find my niche? What advice would you have for people who are sort of starting out? What has really helped you on your path? Well, number one, um, knowing that you have to have patience, patience in this business. It is not something that's going to happen overnight. And interestingly enough, I liken this to um, my powerlifting journey. So I'm a competitive powerlifter. About five years ago, I uh, enlisted the help of a coach so that I could compete on a regional, national, international level. And I met with this coach. Um, and he said, you know, I'm going to take you through a series of, of different exercises. I want to, I want to see 
you know, your bench press, your back squat, your deadlift. I want to watch your form, your technique, et cetera, et cetera. I said, okay, well, I come from a fitness background. I owned a fitness studio for seven years. I'm thinking to myself, I know form, you know, what, what, what is he going to be critiquing here? So after we went through the series of exercises, he said to me, um, I can't let you compete for at least a year. And I said, why? And he said, well, you have some deficiencies. I said, deficiencies. I thought to myself, are you crazy? And I will never, I, I will never forget that because what essentially he was saying is that you need to learn the ropes. You know, you need to learn, you know, hone in on things like your technique. Um, You know, your back squat is good, but it can be better. Your bench press is okay, but you need to learn how to arch your back. You know, your deadlift, you need to drive through your legs, not use your upper body so much. So what he was just saying to me essentially is that, you know, I'm going to map you out a game plan and, you know, you're going to have to put in the reps. And if you don't put in the reps, you're not going to see the success. So that is something that day in and day out, even when I go to the gym in the morning, I think to myself, you know, I'm here because I want to, you know, increase the amount of weight that I can lift for my next competition. I want to be, you know, 1% better than I was yesterday, 1% better than I was, you know, however many days ago, you know, just keep improving. But in order to do that, I have to show up and I have to put the reps in and, you know, and you know, again, going back to the patience thing, you know, if it took me a year to improve upon my deficiencies for powerlifting, the same holds true for any business that you are getting started. And probably because, you know, my husband and I, not only did we start, you know, the outdoor design build uh, business, but I also had a catering business. I had a, an internet-based business for women's golf apparel and accessories. And then I had a female, an all-female um uh, fitness studio, you know, starting each of one of those, the business didn't come overnight. People weren't clicking on my website. They had to know about me. Um, same thing with, you know, the fitness studio, people weren't walking through the door from day one. You know, we had to get out there and let people know that we existed and we had to figure out what our niche was so that people could walk through the door. So, you know, I would, I would tell that new investor first off, sit down, take an inventory of, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses, and then figure out, like what exactly, you know, based off of those strengths and weaknesses, where you think you might fit best. And then, you know what, hop on the phone. If you think that investor relations, capital raising is something that you'd be good at, find some capital raisers, get on the phone, start talking to them, figure out what they're doing. If you think it's, you know, acquisitions, then find somebody who does acquisitions and, you know, have a conversation with them, understand what was their process to actually get to brokers, to be able to talk to them, to start getting these off-market deals and so forth. Um, So that would be, that would be my advice. And you know what, stick with it. You know, you can do this business. Um, just like anything, you know, you, you have the desire um, and you have the mindset and you're willing to put in the work, you can do this business. Love it. Patience, persistence, collaboration. I love it. Love your story um, about the competitive, the powerlifting as well. That's so, uh, so relevant and so many good key insights there. I love it. Um, yeah, you, I absolutely agree. You got to have that patience and follow through and you got to, you know, the plan can be laid out before you, but you got to be the one doing the reps. Love that. 
Love that. Well, Beth, I'm sure that our listeners are going to want to follow up with you and learn more. You have such an inspirational story and you're, you were rocketing up. So I'm sure that people are going to want to uh, connect with you, especially since you're such a great connector. So tell our listeners what's the best place that they can go. Well, you can email me, uh, Beth at lifestyle equitiesgroup.com. Uh, that's one way you can follow me on Instagram at business with Beth. Um, I am on LinkedIn as well. Uh, Beth Januzzi Underhill. Um, and then also on Facebook, Beth Januzzi Underhill as well. Uh, I don't have a Facebook page for the business right now. So. All right. Well, For all of our listeners, we'll have those links for you in the show notes. Be sure to follow up with Beth. As you can tell, she's got so much wisdom and experience, not just in multifamily syndication, but in so many different businesses. Um, So wherever you are on your journey, I'm sure she's got some great insights for you. To all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com and please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.